0: Welcome to the podcast of Revival Life Church, a spirit-filled, multicultural church in Boca Raton, Florida. If you would like more information about Revival Life Church or Pastor Carl Thomas, you can find us on the web at revivallife.church. Hey, I got a big word today. It's so big, the old TV couldn't contain it. So we had to get, we killed that TV. The anointing was so strong Actually, he just died for whatever reason. And uh, we had to use this one. So I'm not trying to look crazy. It just That's just what happens sometimes when you, uh, when you do stuff. You just look a little crazy. Hey, real, real quick, um, uh, just wanted to give you an update. Um, during this little pandemic season, um, we're, we're at almost $6,000 we've given to feeding programs um, in our immediate area. So yeah, yeah, give it up real quick that we're able to do that for the Lord. We, we want to feed people. Feeding people we have found is good. And so just, you know, as you're faithful with your tithes and offerings, we're just, we're trying to feed as many people as possible here. Hey, we are still in our message series, Love God, Love Others. This is just a massive television. It is just very big. And I don't know about you, but I feel like I need this in my living room. I just, whatever I got is too small. But, um... Love God, love others, prove it. And uh, I, um, I, I want to talk very, um, I say briefly every week, but this week I'm going to do it uh, because Lillian with her big voice took up big chunks of time with her singing. So um, that's just how it goes with Lillian. You're not getting a brief worship set with Lillian. This is not how it goes. Um, as we see in the Scriptures, as, as we study the ministry of, of Jesus as we see this the, the early church and the book of Acts, we see there's these cycles of gathering and scattering. We see all these people coming together, and then we see all of them being sent out. That's just kind of the biblical pattern. People aren't supposed to be sedentary endlessly. There's a pattern, and I and I want to show it to you today because I want you to be aware of it so you can see it happening in your life, so you know you're tracking with the seasons Jesus has for you. All right, let's look at this really quick. Now, we come to Christ because we need to get saved. Obviously, we know this. We know apart from God, our sin separates us from God. We know that we're separated from the life flow of God. Um, And so we, we come to Christ, but I need you to know that there is a purpose to this life In Christ it's not just about us it's not just I need to get my sins washed away and I need to get to heaven no that is actually a byproduct of what Jesus came to do Jesus as we know his primary goal wasn't to get your sins forgiven don't don't throw stones this is not blaspheme his primary goal was to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth through people and that was not possible if we were not saved. The goal is that the Spirit of God would dwell on the inside of us and we would have a flow of God's kingdom through us and we would affect the world. And God is reclaiming this planet from the enemy that he sent here and the authority that man surrendered through sin. And so, yes, you have to be saved to go to heaven, but that's not the point of getting saved. The point of getting saved is to be One with God. That's what the atonement means. At one with God. In one moment. That's why they had to invent the word as they were translating the scriptures because there was no word in German at the time for the atonement. So Luther had to make up this word, atonement. At one moment, we become one with God. Why? So we can go to heaven? No, we don't become one with God just for heaven. We become one with God here and now that our lives can be affected and the people around us can be affected, that we can reach people with this love and this power so they don't have to live subjected to the forces of this world, to the crazy thoughts that might pop in their own head, to the lies that were told to you from family and people who called themselves friends. Listen, your life isn't random. You didn't... Just get here randomly. You didn't view this randomly. You, 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 it wasn't just some amoeba that crawled up out of the sea and one day became you, right? Like it wasn't 100,000 generations later, humans showed up. You're here on purpose for a purpose. You weren't a surprise to God. God has a plan to move in you, and through you. He knows everyone and everything, but your creation and your call is unique. God knows everything that's happening. God is not confused. He's not worried. He's not at a loss for plans. He's working all things together for good. And yet in the midst of all these things that he's created and all these people that he's made, there is a unique creation that's called you. And there is a unique call on your life that no one else can fulfill. And though our calls and our creation is unique, Jesus gives us all the same first steps. I want you to see this. We'll see this in the life of the church, the early disciples. And I hope you can kind of put this into effect in your life so you can make sure you're you're following the steps that Jesus laid out for us so you can come into the full call of God in your life. You ready? Remember, we're talking about how to love God, love others, and prove it. All right, let's do this. Matthew chapter 4, verse 18. Now, if you remember at this point in the story, Jesus was walking along. He had already been recognized as the Messiah by John the Baptist. And uh, he's walking and he's beginning to build his original ministry team. And the Bible says in verse 18, it says, Now, as Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. I, uh, I, I have a TV show that I like to watch. I hope you all watch it. It's called Alone. Anybody watch Alone? If not, you are missing it. My wife raised her hand because she has to watch it with me. Now, Alone is uh, this TV series. I think we're on our sixth season now. And each year what they do is they get, uh, they get 10 people. And they put him in the middle of nowhere individually, with no camera crew, no support, and the person who lasts out there alone the longest wins. Now, they don't have any idea how long the rest of the, the, the competitors have been out there. You don't know if you're going to be out there 40 days, 80 days, 100 days in there in the Arctic there's wild bears, there's, you know, they, and so generally they do it right before winter sets in. So they get out there, it looks nice. Then the winter comes and it's freezing and you only get to bring 10 items. This is a really neat show. So you only get to bring 10 items. You just have to live on your own in the Arctic. Now, some people are fishermen and they go out there with some fishing gear among their 10 items. You bring a you know, a sleeping bag, a knife, an axe so you can cut down some trees some people are fishermen some people are, are hunters some people trap small game and and and, and Corey is a is a fisherman uh, he runs a tackle shop here and um, and some people would say hey you know if you're gonna go and stay alive out there you need this kind of hook and this kind of bait to catch this type of fish because that's what lives up there now follow me for a second And so someone could argue with one of these participants and say, hey, if you're going to stay alive, if you're not bringing this kind of hook or using this kind of bait, it's not going to work. And they could have this argument until the other person says, hey, listen, I don't plan on fishing. I plan on hunting. You see, you need a different kind of bait for a different kind of harvest. Watch this. If you're a fisherman, of course you're thinking, hey, you need to bring the right hooks, the right line the right but if you're a hunter you're thinking you got to bring the right bow and arrow you got to bring the right traps The, the the point here is each of us have an individual call on our lives and some of you have been getting told how to live your walk based on the call another person has but you jesus said listen i'm going to make you fishers of men He means for people, and each of us are gifted differently to reach people. You don't have to be a carbon copy of the person who discipled you. You don't have to be a carbon copy of your pastor or your life group leader or your ministry team director. God made you on purpose, uniquely equipped for your call. And so some Christians, they kind of stop at realizing that they're called to preach, but it's not just recognizing the call to preach. It's it's recognizing how God has called you to reach. We all know that we're supposed to share Jesus, but how has God gifted you? Your creation is unique and your call is unique. You're not a copy of anybody. Don't live to be a copy of anyone else because no one else is uniquely crafted to fulfill your call like you are. That's why we have to know who God really is, so we can know who we really are. Because we were made in His image. And how you view Him and the attributes of Jesus that you most readily identify with are most likely the call that's on your life. That's a good word right there, I think. See... Jesus has to be the teacher of your call. Now, you have to get people to disciple you, yes. We're all for that, and of course we believe in that. But you have to see your call in the life of Jesus. You have to see it. That's why it's super important that we get a broad education theologically. Because you may not know that Jesus is saying, and you feel called to be a worship leader. And so you've got to run to some Old Testament model not recognizing Jesus was a singer. You may not know that Jesus. That you may feel called to just serve, not preach. And you better see in there that Jesus said, I, I came to serve. We have to see our call in Jesus. <clears throat> How do we do this? Well, there has to be time that we spend at the feet of Jesus and times preaching the gospel. We have to spend time at the feet of Jesus and preaching the gospel. I want you to see this. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Watch this. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Take my yoke upon you. Go back one. And learn from me. Our first steps, once we hear the call of God to become one of his disciples, once we've heard Jesus say, come, follow me, like we saw those brothers being called, the next step is to learn from Jesus. It's super important that you have people disciple you. It's really important that you have godly counsel in your life. But all that counsel and all that discipleship has to empower and enable you to learn from Jesus. This is not a religion that was invented by somebody. We didn't have a guy in Utah writing a book. We we, we didn't have someone in the Middle East just crafting something. The entire New Testament is just people who heard Jesus and they wrote about the wisdom that they got from God. This is not a religion. This was people reflecting what it looks like to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And if you don't learn from Jesus, someone's going to stuff you into a box that you were never created for. False teachers will make you confuse the season that you're in. They'll keep telling you that you're, ah, I don't want to go down that road too far, but they'll, they will disciple you into things that serve them instead of serve you. This is why Paul talked about we'd be tossed to and fro by various winds of doctrine, because people haven't learned from Jesus. This is the gospel. This is the good news of Jesus Christ, that he came to destroy every block between you and the Father. It's like sin, I'll take care of that. I'll put my presence upon you. I'll put the spirit within you so you'll never be disconnected again. You have to spend time at the feet of Jesus. Jesus. How can anybody know what fish you were called to catch and how you were called to catch them if you don't hear it from Jesus? See, we all preach Christ, but we do it from the light of our own calling. We do it differently. Here's my goal here, and I need you to really hear what I'm trying to tell you. Who you are is valuable. Who you are called to be is valuable. What you bring to the table is valuable. Right. I um, <clears throat> I, I get I get um, as a father. I I I have no. I I I could care one way or another about makeup. I don't I don't care. I don't feel like God has anointed every man to tell every woman how to dress or how to wear their hair or any of that. I don't believe in any of that, but it does sometimes really grieve me when young women don't think that they're pretty enough. Don't think who they are is enough. It it grieves my heart because I know having a daughter, I know how the father looks at you. Completely happy with who you are. Enamored with your beauty. You don't have to look like anybody else. And young men, Jesus never had to look tough to anybody. Come on. Ever. Never pulled a weapon on anyone. Never fought anybody. I mean, he did that whole, you know, cat-of-nine-tails in his dad's house. You know, But he wasn't trying to prove anything. He was trying to clean out the house. You don't have to dominate another man to be a man. As a matter of fact, Jesus is the most pure example of a man there ever was. And that just wasn't in his nature. When we look at the the Gospels, just follow me here for a second. We look at the disciples of Christ. We know that, you know, he had 12 disciples. One of them didn't really make it, right? So, uh, you know, if you have discipled a lot of people and they haven't all made it, you're in good company, right? All of Jesus' disciples didn't even make it. Uh, So if you're batting a hundred, either isn't real discipleship happening or uh, you're better than Jesus, right? But here's what I want you to check out. Jesus called all these men to Himself and not even them had the same calling. After His resurrection, you know, they all were disciples of Jesus. He called them to Himself. They sat at His feet figuratively and they learned of Him then he went away, he, you know, was crucified, died, buried, resurrected, and ascended. And then after this gathering, there was a scattering. But, but they didn't all do the same thing. And you don't all have to do the same thing. We know that James, the son of Alphaeus, he never left Jerusalem. He stayed there ministering in Jerusalem. James, the son of Zebedee, stayed in Israel as a missionary to Judah. His brother John ministered mostly in Asia Minor. Peter, now this is crazy. Peter went to Rome, what the book of Revelation calls the heart of Babylon, in amidst the seven mountains, and he planted the church of Jesus Christ in the heart of Babylon. He's the man, right? Simon, the zealot, he stayed as the head bishop of Jerusalem. So maybe all your friends feel like they feel called to the four corners of the earth. And you're like, man, I just want to stay here and love on people. I just maybe I'm not as Christian. No, 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 friend. You're no less Christian than James, who didn't leave Jerusalem. You're no less Christian than Simon, who was the bishop of Jerusalem. And you may say, man, I don't I don't feel called to this counseling, pastoral care thing. Man, I just want to go out there and preach the gospel and we need to lay hands on the sick and we need to, amen, amen. As did Paul. As you read the scriptures, Paul, not real pastoral, even in his pastoral letters, right? We're all created individually, reflecting a different part of Christ. We do not all have the same call But together we make up the body. I hope this is ministering to you. See, all of these disciples, they preach Christ. But they had a different audience. They had a different gifting. They had a different calling, even though they were discipled by the same man, Jesus. I want to give you a word of encouragement today. Stick with who Jesus told you to minister to. As my calling as a minister, my calling is mostly in this stage of my life to the church. In an earlier stage, God used me mightily as an evangelist. And in this stage, I really wrestled with that. And he said, no, 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 this is what I've called you to right now. I raise up people for the work of ministry. This is what I do. And I want to release evangelists into the mission field. Listen, this is what Jesus said. in Luke 24, 49, behold, I am sending forth the promise of my father upon you, Stay in Jerusalem until you are clothed with power from on high. Hallelujah. So we sit at the feet of Jesus. We listen to his call. We respond to it. We sit at his feet. And then when the time is right, he sends an anointing for the going. Friend, you need power from on high. You don't need a 12-step plan. You don't need another Bible study. You, you, you don't need these ministry steps. You need the plan of Jesus in the anointing of the Holy Ghost. This is what the world needs. The world doesn't need more business plans. The world doesn't need more. Like, we don't need more organization. What we need is the anointing of the Holy Ghost. We need a conviction of the Spirit. Corey, we need a conviction of the Spirit in this day and age. Amen. Amen. Going to reel that back. There we go. Hallelujah. Listen, when you preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, when you preach with the anointing of God, when the Spirit of Christ is upon you with your preaching, people, no matter how you minister, people are going to be convicted of their sins. I irritate people in this season. I, and, and I don't want to irritate anybody. Corey, just pray for me here. I irritate people because I call sin. Sin. I don't care who's committing the sin. And you'll hear the deception in this age. People are not preaching the gospel. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know who this is for. It's not even in my message right here. But if you hear someone say, Yes, that is sin, they say, Yeah, but they're not that. That's not our that's not the gospel of Jesus Christ. Listen again, my call is the church. Maybe your call is to someone else. Maybe, you know, if you're gonna be if you feel like you're called to minister to politicians. You better just grow a hard heart to lying, I guess. I don't know. Because it's just part of what they do, apparently. And that's going to have to not bother you, right? But I am called to the church of Jesus Christ, and I'm going to call a lie a lie. I'll say, this man is lying. They're like, yeah, but he's not as bad as whoever. What's that got to do with anything? Does anybody think you're going to get to heaven? Jesus is going to say, did you sin less than that guy over there? No, did you? repent of your sin did you call sin sin And if you're if you feel called to ministry good lord honey help me out here if you feel called to ministry then you're doing this relative morality thing well his sin isn't as bad as that person do you think it'd be worse with them like what does that have to do with anything you go to prison you hear this all the time i didn't murder anyone you ever witness to somebody and they're like I'm not going to go to hell. I've never killed anybody. And you're like, hey, it doesn't matter. All sin is sin before God. It's like the church forgot that in this age. Sin is sin. Let's sin less. And let's be honest before God. And let's get right. Good Lord Jesus. I don't know. I feel like the anointing's in here, Corey. Something got stirred up. My wife is telling me, reel it in. Reel it in. Okay, here we go. (laughs) Going to wrap it up here. You ready? I love you guys. Thank you, honey. Oh, listen. <laughs> Acts chapter two. Watch this. They listened to Jesus and they waited. And Acts chapter two says, when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a noise. Shaka There came a noise. It's noisy. Listen, we're Pentecostals. Pentecostals. We. Were, I mean, the church was birthed out of noise. The church was never supposed to be quiet. It was birthed out of noise. This is the church. like, Oh, I'm Baptist or we're just charismatic. I don't care if you like if you're saved, you're from this. Otherwise, you ain't, you know, saved, you know, the Pentagon. I mean, this is where the church was born. Suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent. I'm not saying if you don't if you're not baptized with the spirit, you're not saved. That's not what I'm saying. (laughs) That is not what I'm saying. I'm saying the entire church was birthed right here. When Jesus released the Spirit of God on the earth, this is where the church was birthed. And suddenly there came from heaven a noise, like a violent, rushing wind. I I tell you what, when the anointing comes, it is violent. You're like, oh, things need to be decent. This don't sound decent and in order. This sounds violent. How do I know? Because it says it right there. It's violent. Like a violent, rushing wind. And it filled the whole house, and there appeared to them tongues, As of fire. Now, now, follow me for a second. Imagine. Imagine you grew up in Jerusalem, right? And you had these religious services that you would have to go to in the temple or in the synagogue. We know that these were the quiet years. The Spirit of God was not moving. And imagine you're in a prayer meeting And there was a violent sound. And then there were, you're just like, there's a violent wind noise happening, and then fire starts falling on people. They look like flames falling on people. Tell me that would not freak you out a little bit. (laughs) Tell me that wouldn't freak you out. And I could see some... Little nerd in the corner. Ah, it's supposed to be done decently and in order. Like, you. oh, sorry, Holy Spirit. This isn't the way you're supposed to do church. What am I talking about here, honey? I don't... Okay. And there appeared to them tongues as a... Verse 4, And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I don't know about you. Wow, I don't know about you. But this is the pattern of God. You sit at the feet of Jesus. After he calls you, you respond, you sit at his feet, you learn of him. He sends his power and then things start clicking in ways they could never click on their own. The way things could never work out on its own. The anointing of God starts working things together in your life. This is the pattern We need to sit. We need to wait. We need to hear God. And then we need to move. Friend, God has called you to a ministry. And whether it's in our production team or it is feeding the homeless, they are all equally valid. Uh, Yesterday, we had our masquerade. So great to see everybody. Denise made coffee. And that's part of her call. Denise doesn't have to say, wow, I'm. Should have been in Guatemala. but No, I like coffee here. I'm not in Guatemala, right? And she's here serving the church by making coffee. That's a valid call. We had Solana showing up here, running this thing. That, that's a call. That, that's, a, that's a ministry. And the Lord has gifted you as well. All of you who financially support the work of God here. That's a valid, vital call in the church in this hour. I believe because we've honored the poor in this season, the Lord has honored our house. And I want to thank you. I want to thank you for being a part of Revival Life Church. I want to thank you for honoring Jesus enough to want to be who He's called you to be. I want to thank you for being faithful to South Florida, being faithful to your neighborhood, for loving God Loving others, improving it by being brave enough to be the real you. Amen. We're going to gather around the Lord's table now. And this is a very large television. Jumbo. I think we got this one from uh, the Dallas Cowboys new facility. Hallelujah. The Lord Jesus' body wasn't broken so you could be somebody else. But it's to receive His life. On the night He was... Wow. On the night He was betrayed, He took the bread and He broke it. And He gave it to His disciples and He said, Do this in remembrance of Me. Wow. Receive the body of the Lord. Wow, 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 wow. I feel a courage coming on someone. Not pride, but courage. To be who God has called you to be. I think I think I just feel like some of you are going to be able to just proclaim who Christ is in your life in this season. Just courage. He has made me whole. Watch this. As we receive this cup together, I want you to just declare, He has made me whole. Wow! Oh, receive the cup of the new covenant. Wow, wow, wow. Wow, that was anointed. Lord, we just love You today. You're so very good to us. I just declare healing upon people under the sound of my voice. I declare prosperity over Your life. We declare that you're loved, people care about you, and you're important. You're important to Jesus, you're important to us.